All right, welcome back to another episode of Inward Bound, Finding Yourself with Alex and Kirsten. I'm Alex. I'm Kirsten. Another episode, another week, another trip around the sun, if you will. Just kidding. That's not how, that's not how weeks work. How was your week, Kirsten? It was a good week. It was a challenging week. Lots of growth. Lots of going inward, owning my truths and speaking my truths and, yeah, self-reflection, just continuing on my self-discovery journey that I'm on. Just growing every day. I think it's, we made a goal for ourselves to try to learn something every day, try to do something that moves us forward every day. Even if it's only by a centimeter, <laughs> what's the what's the best thing that you read, listened, or learned this week? I did an or I'm working through an imprint course on psychology. So if you haven't heard of the imprint app, we love it. We came across it probably like a couple months ago. Would yeah. you say? And. It's just like it boils learning down into like key takeaways and has pictures, which I love. And it's just hard to find time to read a whole book or even listen to a whole book nowadays. So it's a good way to still learn and be able to take some cool concepts and apply them. So the one I'm doing is on psychology and interpersonal dynamics. It's talking about like relationships. And of course, I'm blanking on what I learned this week, but I'm just learning more about like how to communicate with other people, which is something that like I've been doing for 29 years, but we can always get better at, about how we communicate. Um, I think one thing that it touched on was like approaching conversations and people just with curiosity over judgment and just how much further that will get you in terms of being able to understand other people and even have conversations because I think so often nowadays we go into a conversation even just Alex and I talking like we'll already be thinking about our defense when like we're not even listening to the other person and what they actually are having to say so that's definitely something I'm working on getting better at. Yeah the concept of just being curious and seeking to understand because I think Something that I'll answer the question too. First off, just reinforcing like what imprint is and that everybody and this is not an ad, but everybody should go download imprint and check it out at least just to see if it has anything that they might be interested in. I'm not doing, they do have, they have courses and they just also have books. They just have singular books that you can go through and they act as like Kirsten said, it's just a nice way to boil down all the main points, reinforce it with imagery if you're a visual learner, but then there's tests that go along a little two question quizzes that help reinforce things. I really like it. And the the one that I most recently read that really resonated with me was The Courage to Be Disliked, that book. Don't know the I can't remember the author's names off the top of my head, but it's based on Alfred Adler's psychology. And the main thing that I got from the book, or not the main thing, but one of the big things that I got from the book was instead of in your life creating vertical relationships, working on creating more horizontal relationships. So what that means, if you think about verticality in relationships as if somebody is below you or people are above you, it can cause weird relational dynamics. And the lens that I'm looking through it is in the parenting lens. So trying not to position myself over Connor, our daughter, even though that is that feels like a very like traditional thing to do like i'm your parent like i'm i am over you you have to respect me just because i am your parent but thinking about relationships in a much more of a horizontal way where everybody's on the same playing field everybody has the same rights to their needs their thoughts their actions and nobody is over them cuz if anybody gets over you not only does it just make things messy but it also can put you in a position to where you feel like you're not as important and that's really what resonated with me in the sense that I feel like most of my relationships, like professionally, whatever, have always been in this vertical sense instead of a horizontal sense. So that's what what I learned this past week. But then just what you were talking about, like communicating with people and how like how crazy it is that we've both been on this earth for as long as we have. And it's like still f figuring out ways to communicate in the best possible way with people, 
I don't know. I, I guess it's not necessarily the endeavor of chasing like perfection with conversation. It's just like, how can I interact better with other humans, especially in, I think some of the things that we're probably going to, we have a goal of talking about today with different types of mindset, the concept of perspective and cognitive bias that you build up over time. Um, and going to be just me for about a minute here. We, sometimes you, you have a dog and you trust that dog to be really quiet. And sometimes that dog breaks your trust. And that's what happened right now. So put Django back in his room so he can just chill out and hang out. So you're here with me. Kirsten's not here. So you want to know a dirty secret about her? Just kidding. I would never do that to her. I think the things that we're really looking forward to talking about today fall in the bucket of mindset, maybe even a little bit of emotional maturity, because I know that's something that we've both been talking about, or at least like thinking about the concept of emotional maturity. We've been listening to some podcasts and doing some readings, and a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about, I think so much of it is interconnected, and there's so much about finding out things about yourself or finding out things about other people, mindset, your perspective, all the things that can maybe be tied all together or they can really have a root in like your level of emotional maturity. Yeah, I missed some of what you were saying, but definitely learning about emotional maturity even as a concept is pretty was pretty eye-opening for me. So we're approaching this whole being mission because I do believe that is part of my purpose is just to help people. Obviously, my background is in nutrition, but I've known for a long time that there's a lot more that goes into nutrition than just nutrition. So the mindset, the all the different stuff related to emotions and um just even like how our perspective and how we look at the world and our environment and it's all just so related. So I think that's why we're really like going down these other kind of rabbit holes, if yeah. you will, just learning about for ourselves so that we can be our best for each other, for ourselves, for Connor, but then also seeing how much it ties into overall human well-being mm-hmm. and how it's also interconnected with you know, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, like it, it's all so connected. So I think like us doing this podcast even is partially us trying to learn and continue to grow so that we can serve whoever we're working with best so that we have that lens of understanding all the different impacts. Yeah. Where we start? Okay. Oh, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, but I was trying to listen to you oh. <laughs> instead of worrying about <laughs> yeah. what I was going to say next. Yeah. But what we've come to find is that, okay, so we're not going to start off trying to delve deep into what like emotional maturity is and what that looks like. But what we're, what we've been doing a lot of is reflecting on our own personal journey, which we're still deep in the mud with. And Reflecting on that and seeing what are the low-hanging fruit that can be really easy to maybe wrap your mind around and start to feel a little bit of change in or just some of the major heavy-hitting realizations that we've had and have seen other people have and how big of an impact it can be on your nutrition, on your fitness. And so I think like the major thing that we keep coming back to or that we think about a lot has been the concept of, of mindset. And there's a psychologist, her name's Carol Dweck, and she wrote a book called Mindset. Um, And in it, the research that she did was basically it boiled down to, you've probably, you may have heard these terms before, but the term of growth mindset or a fixed mindset in the sense that pretty much everybody falls within those two buckets of different mindsets and what those might look like. And so a growth mindset is basically just, boiled down to you believe that you can change, that you can grow, that no anything in your life can get better if you put in effort to it. Like you have the ability to grow. 
which if you just think of the the flip side of that fixed mindset is the exact opposite. You don't believe that you can change. You don't think that any amount of effort is going to change anything for you and your life, emotions, feelings, everything yeah, are stuck. Yeah. And it's you're either born with natural ability or you're which there is like in that there is natural yeah. ability. Yeah. It's, everything's on a spectrum. It's like now if I'm here and I'm like, man, I have a growth mindset and I know I'm only going to keep getting better and keep working at it. I am still never going to be as good at basketball as LeBron James. Yeah. That's just the there's obviously limits to what your growth mindset can be like. You can change, but it might not mean that you're going to be like the greatest at that thing. But you can go from point A of maybe being terrible to, okay, I can shoot a free throw. (laughs) Yeah, as as, as simple as forms of that. And I think whenever you do look at the, because what Kirsten was saying earlier, what that, like, she had the realization that nutrition just wasn't enough. And I've had the realization that fitness isn't the end all be all and how important all these other factors are. And I think just if you look at the concept of what growth mindset versus fixed mindset is, um, what? Sometimes you just don't turn off notifications and they bling at you. And I was talking about a dog. Come on, Alex. Hey, we're human. <laughs> what was I talking we're, about? We're learning. We're growing. Getting better. So fix versus growth mindset. Oh, whenever it comes to like fitness and nutrition, because yeah. I think there are a lot of people that look at their current fitness habits or their current levels of fitness or even like what they're doing from a nutritional standpoint and thinking that that's they can't. They're not. Like yeah. not not good at cooking would be yeah. a good example. Yeah. I can't cook. I can't cook. So therefore, I'm not going to be able to eat. So it's just easier for me to do fast food. Yeah. Or I'm never going to run a marathon. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not a runner. Yeah, I'm Which, not a runner. That was me. Yeah. That was totally me. Yeah. Or, yeah. Like even I think the what it's not directly tied to growth versus fixed mindset, but it's that hyper fixation on other people and instead comparing. of the, and comparing instead yeah. of the fixation on yourself. Yeah. And that, because, okay, after Alex read the book or the imprint on the courage, courage to, to be, be disliked, disliked, it does, it talks about that a lot too. And yeah. I, that resonated with me is just like the impact of comparing yourself to others versus focusing on what you can control and your life and your abilities. And there are, we talk a lot about distractions. We talk a lot about just like all of the overload of information, social media, the impact on comparing your body type to what you're seeing on social media or the perfect ideal body and all of that kind of ties in with what we're talking about as far as growth versus fixed or fixed or even just like mindset in general because is that helping you by spending so much effort like being down on yourself about how you look or I don't know I just feel like I feel like you I've overheard you talk to a lot of clients about the whole self-deprecation impact. And even I'll speak for myself personally. I noticed as I started on my inward bound journey, I guess you could call it, that I had a lot of negative thoughts, a lot of negative beliefs. Like when I actually took the time to slow down and sit with my thoughts, and that's when I started to learn about like mindfulness and meditation and noting and all this stuff but it's damn I got a lot of negative thoughts that are going in my head and I'm believing those like I'm hearing those and they're becoming part of my beliefs about myself and so I think that's where it all starts is like recognizing what is going on in your head what is your mindset what do you have a growth mindset do you have a fixed mindset and just like stopping and like sitting with yourself like what is going on up there and realizing that is impacting anything you're trying to do in life anything you're trying to accomplish whoever you want to be like I was holding myself back with my mindset Mm -hmm. and so this whole concept of growth mindset has been extremely impactful and I learned about it back like in grad school so I don't know how many years ago that was but a while ago and I remember even then it was impactful for me because I looked back at it was a sports psychology class and I looked back at my time as being an athlete, a collegiate athlete, and just how much my mindset and having a fixed mindset made me fear failure or it made failure, it felt like it was something personal, like it was me. I'm a failure. If I struck out, I'm a failure rather than being able to look at it and think, okay, what could I learn from that at bat? 
and what could I do differently or like even going up to the next at bat with a mindset of well first of all being present and not being stuck in my head with worrying about failing but even like to this day with what we're going through on our journey our self journeys and also just our business is like growth like we are trying to really lean into growth because we know that is what's going to help keep moving the new needle towards where we want to be because at the end of the day like everyone has something that they're trying to overcome or work through and if you just boil it down to okay maybe we failed at maybe we'll fail at this podcast it's very possible but if we just take that and we're like okay that means that we are failures then what good does that do yeah because yeah the one of the other things about growth versus fixed mindset is that that in a growth mindset failure or a problem as an opportunity to grow. Yes. It's just as another spot that you look at it as a place that you have for reflection, for because the people with fixed mindsets have poor self-reflection in the sense that they have a hard time looking inwards and seeing what impact they might have had on it. Or Kirsten was saying, instead of just being like, oh, it's my fault that because of me that I had those failures instead of just and that's what separates the, if you think about just in a pure form of athletics or sports, like people talk about like the best shooter is the shooter that can miss and then come back and shoot again yep. and not think about the miss before. Or the quarterback that went out there and threw a pick, go out there the next time and not throw a pick and because they're not hyper fixated on, oh, the failure of the past and the people who struggle with that growth mindset or having a fixed mindset. Like I used to have an extremely fixed mindset where some of my self-talk or some of just my conversations was like, this is the way that I am. Like these attitudes, these thoughts, these philosophies that I have with my job, that's who I am. I used to tell people that I was a very black and white thinker and I saw things on only on it's either this or it's that. And that's also an extremely fixed mindset of of not being able to see the in-between or see the spectrum or just like the range that everything falls on. Because just like earlier, whenever I was talking about growth mindset and that there's like levels to it and how I'm never going to be able to grow to the point where I'm better than LeBron James because that is not on my spectrum. Like I'm, I'm not going to be able to get there. But just that there are different levels to growth mindset. There's different levels to fixed mindset. There's different levels in... I know I said I wasn't going to talk about emotional maturity, but emotional maturity, it, it falls on a spectrum to where there are people that are extremely mature. There are people that are extremely immature. And you can name pretty much anything in the world and that falls on a spectrum. But we are taught as, and it feels as though it's a very like Western world, like America, like the, not necessarily the United States of America, but just like America, North America in general a very Western thing. Lose your train of thought. No, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Happens. I was going to say, even just what we're talking about is fearing challenge. Because for me, we'll go back to social anxiety. Social anxiety is something that I've always told myself I'm bad at speaking. I'm bad. I can't talk in front of people. But by me telling myself that, I'm not going to attempt to overcome that. Or anytime I was faced with that challenge, it's automatically, oh, okay, I'm not going to do a good job. Whereas the whole point of all this is, no, like maybe that's something I struggle with, but it's a challenge that if I can look at it with a growth mindset, like I'm not always going to be a terrible speaker, which I've already come really far. Like I'm doing a podcast. So did you recover? <laughs> no. Okay. What was I saying? America, like how America, the spectrum of like how we look. Oh, at America, Western, like it feels as though, like if you look at textbooks, when we're talking about anything, it is this and it is that. Mm. This is okay. This is not okay. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. Everything is extremely black and white. And, and even I think whenever, like this is a completely other can of worms, but you're just looking at what. United States as a whole healthcare has become where it is like you are like for instance like 
I have worked with people and I have people in my fam family that have been diagnosed with diabetes. And to be diagnosed with diabetes, you have to fall within a certain range of markers. And that's just what the healthcare system says is that if you fall within these markers, then you're unhealthy and it's mm -hmm. a problem. But if you fall out, like even two or one point outside of those markers, you're good to go. And there's not like a, like everything is on a spectrum. At some point, whenever you are approaching going to be a diabetic or even approaching going to be a pre-diabetic, like it is still could be a bad thing. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many people fall within or fail to take their self journey, their well-being journey seriously, or think that they can even do anything because like fitness, the, I did a little bit of digging and just looked around on social media to see what messaging was being said or what the videos people were putting out there as far as what being looks like. Mm. And the videos that I saw about well-being were like all these like hyper rich people who were talking about, I do an hour of meditation in front of my $5,000 red lights. And then I make my own cup of coffee with my homegrown coffee and my homemade, like so many people don't have time for that. And like the pictures that people see on Instagram or on social media, or just when they go to the gym of these super jacked ripped dudes or these super like, like ripped skinny women, like that's what they think they have to get to in order to be healthy. And anything that falls outside of that range that they're seeing people show off isn't good enough. So it's like, well, I try. I'm never going to get to the point where I'm going to be 8% body fat and ripped. And But it comes down to, and the, the main problems is that we just have such little insight into the health, into our health in the current state. There are things that you can do. There's a company called Inside Tracker that you do like blood testing. That's expensive. The Aura Ring, which I know that I have one, but I like got one as a Christmas gift a long time ago. And that gives me insight into things that go on when I sleep or just throughout my daily body. But that is also expensive. There is so little insight into what your health is doing. But what I've found and what how my philosophy and well-being has changed is, and it goes along with the whole growth mindset thing. It's just like, okay. What can you do today that can help you just live a healthier life? It can be one thing. It can be one Small thing. thing. Instead of thinking about, like looking at fitness in absolutes. Like I know there are so many people that I've talked to and I'm like, all right, how long? Because one of the questions that I like to ask my clients is, okay, how many days per week do you want to work out? And how much time do you have? And the vast majority of people, probably 99% are like, go to the gym five days a week and I'll commit to an hour and a half. Why? Where did you pull five days a week and an hour and a half every time out of? And when people do that, how many times did they, were they actually able to do that consistently? Like 0%. So then like, they set maybe, themselves up for the set, failure. Yeah, for failure. It's, but that's the, you go on social media and there's like the, the dudes, the women who are like, I go to the gym every day. I, I do an hour of cardio in the morning. I do an hour of lifting in the afternoon. And so I'm two hours every day. And so that's the messaging that's being put out there. That's what it takes in order to quote unquote be healthy. Yeah. Which health, like, first of all, we need to separate appearance from aesthetics from health. Like you cannot look at someone and say that person's healthy. That person's not healthy. You have zero clue what's actually going on in their body, in their mind, their stress levels, like literally just so much information. That's the problem with even BMI as a measure for health. Like the BMI scale was created to help with giving like how to charge people or how to do insurance, not actually whether someone's healthy or not. Yeah. Yeah. But we're still basing yeah, we're still, it around that. We're still using that as a, as a, yeah, like. I know right now, if I go look at my BMI, it says that I'm like severely obese. Yeah. And like, I don't think that I fall within that category. <laughs> uh, but like, that's the, that's what people are led to believe. And I understand how hard it is because one of the main stimulus or input into your own brain and your own perspective in your own life is your eyeballs. And so what are you seeing? And if you are going down that journey of searching for wellness help or searching for well-being help and all are like these 
uber rich, like super ripped people that are doing X, Y, Z. And you think that you have to do that. And then if you don't do that, it's a failure. Like that's not, but that's how it's being advertised to people. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about, about just like the financial impact of what's being spewed as like well-being. And so that's like our mission is to change that, to to redefine like what wellness looks like and what the actionable steps that you can take rather than, first of all, not even focusing on the outcome. Because at the end of the day, we have such little control on the outcome of anything. So that's why like boiling it down to let's talk about the process. Let's talk about your mindset and how you're even approaching this. Because even with that, you can feel so much better. You can just approach life in such a more positive, I don't know, encouraging way so that you're not feeling just stuck or yeah. like you can't overcome your challenges. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the things that I love the most about adopting a growth mindset in the sense that I'm just going to do something no matter how small it is every single day to get better. I think that if you if you wanted to set a goal for yourself to to save a thousand dollars, you would be like, w- would you rather wait and put ten dollars in every ten days, or would you put a dollar in every day? Because the deposits work that way; they build momentum off of each other. Mm-hmm. There's it, it's doing something for yourself and heading in. To, at least you're making a, a step towards that goal. And if you set a goal for yourself. If you're just doing something every day to get to that point, even if like your goal is I want to drink 45 ounces of water every day, you could start with five ounces of water yeah. and then the next day drink 10 and then the next day drink 15. The next day drink 16. Like it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing black or white. Yeah. It, it just I think one thing that we have really come to find and that we hope can get across to people is just this whole concept of, okay, one, yes, growth mindset, which just gives you that ability to know that, okay, I can change. Mm-hmm. Whatever my situation is, wherever I find myself, I can be different tomorrow than I am today. And, but growth mindset and those things are a call to action mm-hmm. to stop just worrying about being comfortable mm-hmm. because growth is very uncomfortable. You think think about just the term growing pains. Like when your body grows, it hurts because growth is not fun. If if you do go work out and you have soreness the day and the day after and the day after, that's your body growing. That's but if we if you're thinking about it from a psychological or personal emotional sense, like it still hurts. It still is extremely uncomfortable. And I think that a lot of today's just across the entire world people chase comfort over everything else and my biggest eye-opening moment for comfort was my favorite book of all time probably deep work by cal newport yes i've read it a billion times it is probably my favorite book but he talks about the concept of like boredom because i don't think people look at boredom as a state of uncomfortability but who likes being bored Nobody likes being bored. And so the question that was posed in the book was like what whenever you go to a store or you go somewhere to a restaurant and the line is super long. First off, nobody likes standing in lines and there's nothing going on. What's your first step? Reaching in your phone, re- reaching your pocket, grabbing your phone, start Look scrolling. Your phone. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or are you OK with just being? Are you OK with being a little bored? looking around, observing the world around you, seeing what other people are doing, seeing, looking out the window, which isn't as fun or isn't as stimulating. But I think, and again, I think this is just another can of worms topic, but like the whole concept that dopamine is in our brain and dopamine is something that makes people feel really good. And dopamine is the molecule of more. Dopamine is what makes you want to keep going back and doing something. Dopamine isn't, it's not the payoff. It's not a hormone that comes out whenever it's the payoff, but it's the lead up to that point. So what gives you dopamine or what? Like looking at your phone, looking at Facebook, whenever 
you whenever somebody likes your post and that somebody liked your post that's a little bit of like dopamine like oh i'm gonna go look and see ooh, makes you feel good makes oh this is nice they get notifications like i think whenever you think about if you are into video games at all like video games have been scientifically designed to get at your dopamine cycles like games know how many chests they need to make you go get and how often you need to get what you need from that chest in order to keep it going. Same thing with social media. Same thing with social media. Yeah. Like they they have an understanding. It's like that. that's why. Algorithm. Yeah. Have your notifications always turned off because they're always trying to reel you back in. But it's the same thing with television. There's a, there's a lot to, of research out there with blue light and just some of the other things that come from just watching television, taking in social media that continually hit that dopamine cycle. And I think when if you think about dopamine in a more aggressive sense, like that's what happens. That's what whenever people take heroin, like that feeling of euphoria, that feeling of, oh, this is so great. Like that's dopamine. Addicting. It's an Which, extremely addicting. That is, I'll speak on it from the nutrition side, standpoint. So like when you have high fat, high sodium, super high carb meal, you get dopamine. You get a hit of dopamine, right? Like you're the one that's researched that kind of more. But so it's the same thing with people not liking being uncomfortable. Okay, what kind of foods? Like if we grew up eating these like high calorie, savory, tasty meals, what are we going to want more of? I've had so many clients who say, or athletes I've talked to saying they're like addicted to sugar. And to the standpoint, I don't necessarily, I think there's some other things happening usually that are causing people to feel that they don't have control around sugar, but it's that same kind of concept. If you're used to eating these super satisfying high dopamine foods mm -hmm. and then, okay, like I'm going to try and eat healthy, which everyone thinks like healthy is, oh, I'm going to eat a salad. I'm going to eat something that's boring and tastes like shit, but that's not the reality. That's just, I'm saying it's a lot to overcome and that's why it's it can feel so hard and so daunting yeah i think yeah you have to understand that <laughs> it feels as though like the like television social media fast food all of these different industries out there are really good at psychology they want your money they want your money <laughs> they want to i'm not trying to say that though everybody's out there to control you yeah. and keep you down but they know how to get from you what they want to get from you. Yep. And they know how to create those emotions to hit those dopamine channels, which again, the molecule of more, I'm going to want more of that. I want more of that. I want more of that. And it keeps on going and it keeps on going. Essentially, oh, go ahead. No, but all, all I was going to say is I think what we, and where I think where all of this started was like the, what we have done and what we hope that other people try to do more of and i think that there are a lot of people who are going down this track of literally waking up yep and living your life and what i would love people to do is ask yourself what do you do every day how are you spending your time mm -hmm. what does that look like do an actual time audit of yourself for one day pick a day and just write down everything that you do and how much time you're spending doing things. iPhones now have something that kicks out how much screen time that mm -hmm. you're getting. So that's a metric that you could look at. How much time are you spending watching television or watching things? Which, again, we're not sitting here trying to tell people, like, you have to completely throw away your phones and completely throw away technology. It's not all or nothing. It's not nothing all, or is nothing. all or nothing. It's looking at your relationship to those things. Because a lot of times when you are overly on your phone or overly watching something there's a good chance that there's something that you're distracting yourself from that you are not wanting to confront or wanting to deal with because it is uncomfortable and it is so much easier to just look at a screen and scroll for a really long time sit down and binge watch a new show even though you don't really want to watch a show, but you're like, oh, I might as well watch a show and I'm going to spend 12 hours on Netflix trying to figure out what that show is and then binge watch every episode. Yeah. Like, what's that actually doing for yeah. you and your life? And if you do that, if you reflect on, okay, how am I spending my time now? Like, are these different activities or tasks or whatever that you're doing, is this benefiting me or is this moving me closer to what I want my life to look like? 
or is it detracting? Is it taking away? And that's like the approach we took. And even like you're talking about distracting with these things, like I find myself even to this day, like it's in there. It's it's something that's a part of our world, whether we like it or not. If I'm having some emotions going on that I don't want to deal with, I don't sometimes realize it right away, but I find myself like, oh, I've, I'm feeling like I want to go watch something. I'm feeling like I want to get on my phone and get on Instagram. It's subtle, but it's there. And it is. this is a wake-up call because if you're not being intentional with how you're living your life, time is passing and you're not getting anywhere closer to the life that you want. And the people out there who are controlling how we spend our time, how we spend our money, all this stuff, like it's not for your benefit most of the time. Let's be honest. Yeah. There there it's that's the the one of the unfortunate downfalls of living in a capitalist society where everything is about how much money that people can make and how much money people can line their pockets with. And I think a lot of what we have tried to do or something that's really resonated with us as a couple or just us as individuals is trying to live more life being a human being and mm. less time being a human doing. Yep. And it goes back to that concept of boredom, embracing boredom, embracing uncomfortability, actually doing things that are hard and are going to push you forward again to live that life that you want to lead. Like we talk about this a lot and it's something that i feel very passionate about the concept of lifespan versus health span and thinking actually sitting down and thinking about what do you want the last 10 to 15 years of your life to look and feel like what are the activities that you want to be doing when you're 85 years old and you're like approaching the end of your lifespan are those things scrolling on your phone or watching unlimited amounts of television or are there things that you were like, man, I've always wanted to hike. I've always wanted to do this. It's, if you don't start doing those things now, unfortunately, there's a good chance that you're not going to be doing those later on in your life. Yeah. It seems like right now we're living in this, like, from this place of, I hear so many, talk, so many people talk about, like, okay, when I retire, then I'll go do all these things I want to do. And it's just, it just seems so messed up. Like, it seems so backwards. Like, why can't we live the life we want to live? now like why can't you prioritize the things that you want to do and be intentional I know there's like obviously different financial situations and like we're dealing with that too but it's also what is I think when I made this shift towards prioritizing myself rather than continuing to chase accomplishment and it's not like I'm not achievement chasing, achievement and yeah like getting more money and going for the bigger job or like whatever society says is like more yeah, whatever somebody else says yeah. is a marker of your success and what you have to do to be happy yes so I remember after that and I was going through this time of like feeling like I don't matter because I'm not doing anything that society says is like something to admire I'm just being a mom just being a mom which it's like I now realize how messed up that statement is in and of itself, but like I had this moment of clarity about what matters. And I think when you have clarity about what matters, it also helps you find clarity about what does not matter. And I think that is part of the wake up call too is are you living based on what you want or are you just in this cog and caught up in the system that you're on autopilot and you're just doing all the things and distracting from what you actually want yeah and do you actually have any are you spending any time with yourself to try to find out what exactly you as a person what brings you joy what actually do you enjoy doing or and we'll probably talk about this or share resources with this, like what codependency looks like, what enmeshment looks like, what some of these different things with relationships look like. But that's for an entirely different conversation. But what are you and a lot of because a lot of people don't know, and I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this or people that see this that have zero clue what they want to do with their lives, have zero clue what their life's going to look like, have zero clue even like how they're even going to make it to retirement. Because I think that the that is such an antiquated way of thinking of like, my, 
getting my job at 22 and I'm retiring at whatever age I retire. Like I'm working at the same place for the entire time, like punching the clock, <laughs> doing this thing. Like why? What is that doing for you? Or again, I think doing that time audit or doing a thought experiment where you're actually looking at how much time you're spending consuming mm. and not actually doing anything. And how much of that time could you use to actually literally put your phone somewhere, take off all of your electronics and go sit in a quiet space and just be? It'll start to come up like who you are. Like I remember the first time I started meditating and like trying to do this, like the uncomfortable thing of like just sitting and being with myself, which I think was during COVID when it really was forced upon us. But like one, it was uncomfortable. And two, it's if you haven't done it, it's I don't know, you feel lost. But then you start to notice like, oh, like my gut, like myself, my essence, like it is there. I just have to sit and listen to it. Like I have to actually give it my time, my attention and stop burying it down, essentially. Well, in that point, the burying it down point, because I do think there are a lot of people who do not like themselves, oh, who yeah. do not enjoy who they are. A lot of that has to do with the core beliefs that you're brought up with throughout your childhood, the things that you have done. Maybe, again, I talked about earlier how I learned about the concept of horizontal versus vertical relationships. Like maybe you have always been a person who has always been in a vertical relationship where everybody's above you. Mm -hmm. And so you see yourself as lesser than. You see yourself as somebody who doesn't actually matter. So it is way easier to go do these other things that are like whether it's distracting with technology, whether it's distracting with substances, whether it's distracting with any millions of other ways that you can distract yourself because there's a, that's, lot. That, that, there's a lot of that. That's the point that people are trying to do. It's like, how can we just keep people's attention? Boy. Where is your attention and what is your intention? And be with yourself. And what you might find, and actually what you will find, is that you are much more fun to be around than you realize that you are. Mm -hmm. And that you deserve to spend time with yourself. Like, I used to hate being alone i used to hate spending time with myself at all even in the quiet like god forbid you ever put me in a car without music like even by myself nope i gotta have the music on gotta have a podcast on gotta have something on can't just sit can't just sit and think but now i crave that every single day i'm like all right i'm going back to the closet you can start to pick on once you've connected to yourself like reconnected to yourself like you can then start to feel okay i am not con i am disconnected I'm lost. Like I personally, I get on this like autopilot dissociated state, but then, you know, the awareness now of being able to be like, okay, something's not right. Something feels off. What have I not done for myself? What kind of self-care have I been neglecting that I need to make a priority, take time for and go do? And to that extent, being able to unlock a growth mindset in the sense that Whatever opinions, whatever deep-seated beliefs you have about yourself are not who you truly are or who you can decide to grow and you can decide to change from any point in your life. Yep. That's one of the things that they talked about in The Courage to be Disliked is that at any given moment, you can make that decision. So even if you're listening to this and you have a really good feeling that you are who you are and you're never going to change, you can change. It's just literally making that decision to change. And again, a lot of that, because I think there's a lot of people like the whole black and white thinking that comes along with a fixed mindset. I think you see that a lot in today's politics, a lot in today's just world where it's so divisive. It's so either it's either this or it's that instead of because it, it's really uncomfortable whenever your perspective or whenever your beliefs are challenged, mm -hmm. whenever something goes against the very root your of what you believe instead of and taking it as an attack on your personal self because of, this is what I believe like how could anybody else how could anything be any different than that but it's uncomfortable to have those thoughts and work through okay what do you truly believe like I was born and raised into a non-denominational Christian family and I wasn't able to make that decision for myself and I felt like I had to mold myself into what, whatever that looked like. 
And that's just like one aspect of like my childhood and who I am. But being able to tackle those ideals for myself and define who I am myself and what resonates with me and what I believe in and what what guides my life, that's so important. But that also took time to meet myself, be with myself, talk to myself, and then challenge all of those things and again, figure out, no, what does Alex want? What do you want as a person? What, again, what feels right for you? Or that's the one, what do you do all day? Two, what things are you doing just because somebody else wants you to do those things or because you think you're doing it because it'll help that person feel a certain way or be a certain way. Or will make you feel more worthy or accepted. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times we do things that you're only doing because of how it might make you look to somebody else. Or again, like you, we talk about, there's only so many things that you can control. You can control your breath, you can control your thoughts, and you can control your actions. You can't control anything you can't control the reactions. You can't control the fruit of all those conversations. You can't control what anybody gives Anyone back to you. Anyone else does. Yeah, you have zero control over it. Even like we were talking about our dog. Yes, we're humans and we're supposed to control the dog. But at the end of the day, like, you can't really. The, the dog is a dog and they the have instincts. They do whatever they're going to want to do. Yep. And that's what happens sorry this isn't turning into a parenting podcast but this is something that we found while parenting and i think that is this is what having a daughter is what has supercharged our journey and what we're finding is that we feel really passionate about helping other adults go on this path because where do children come from they come from adults sometimes they come from younger people but they come a child always is born to people who are older than them. What we're doing and how I'm saying we're as in, in the sense of like parents or adults, like all of us, what we're doing, that's what our children are watching, observing, picking up on. So in all of this, like it's a proactive approach or attempting to be proactive and take control of what you can control. Live the life that you want to live so that they can do the same so that they can see that example and they can also see what's important which is like them continuing to be themselves like I we look at our daughter and we're like she's the closest thing to herself children are just such a good example because they're just like being they're just beings they haven't internalized opinions they don't know society they don't have any of that programming that we've all grown up into and I think that even if you don't want to have a kid or even if you have no plans of having a child, you can still try to live your life in a way that if you were to have a child or even try to live your life in a way that like your childhood self would appreciate and love and respect. Because that's, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the concept of reparenting yourself where you, like, you're pretty much giving your child or yourself the things that you did not get as a kid, but being able to look back and I know that a lot of times people look back and be like, when you were five years old, did you ever think that you would be in the profession that you are? Like, that's how people think about it. Instead of looking at it and what are you doing with your day-to-day, your week-to-week, your month-to-month, your year-to-year? And would your six, eight, nine, ten-year-old self be pumped up about that? Like when you were sitting in third grade and somebody was like, hey, what do you want to be with your life? Was your answer sitting on the couch, going to work to a job that I did not enjoy, coming home, sitting on a couch and looking at a screen, going to sleep, doing it again the next day. Having two days off that it's fun. And but then ha- one day you're dreading the week yeah, starting. Yeah, you get Sunday scaries <laughs> and then you restart the cycle again. Yeah. Little Timmy, does that sound fun? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And that's the thing too, like playing, like having hobbies. Like why does it, why do we have to wait until we're, retired like why can't we make that a part of our lives mm-hmm. now like having yeah. joy now living just living hey another book that you should you could read on imprint or you could read just in general ikigai oh good one which is literally just the con it's a japanese concept of just finding something that brings you joy and that helps you get into a flow state which Love we'll that. talk about flow state but ikigai 
finding something that you can do now that really brings you joy that you can do for the rest of your life. Yeah. What are you passionate about? Yeah. What? Yeah. What are you passionate about? What brings you joy? What is something that you can know that you can hang your hat on at the end of the day? Oh, I can do that. Like my thing is competition, which is extremely broad. But it's, oh, play ping pong with Kirsten. Oh, play a video game. Oh, do this. And like try to compete in some way. And that will evolve as I continue to grow and continue to get older. But I want to be able to compete and have fun and get better at something. Like yep. that's the pursuit of trying to be the best that you can be at anything. As long as you're enjoying it. As long as you're enjoying it. Fills it fills your cup. Yes, as long as it fills your cup. Yeah, we're not telling you to go out there and just try to be the best that you can be in in something random. You have to find out what resonates with you. You have to find out what fills your cup. You have to find out what is pushing you in the direction of living your best life. But to do that, what do you got to do? Inward. Go inward. Find yourself. Meet yourself. Hang out with yourself. So I guess if we're going to give you any homework for the week, homework that you got to do for the week. One, take stock of one day. Take one day and write down everything that you did. Write down on a piece of paper every hour. You don't have to get super detailed, but what did you do during that hour? It can be very broad. And then take a look at that. Two, spend time with yourself. Even if it's, I started with three minute. Yeah, I started with three minute meditations. Just start with something small and spend time with yourself. And maybe just do it once this week. And if you can swing it, do it every day. Um, but those two things should be good enough to get you through. Do you have anything, Christian? I think just think about what are some things you mm. want to grow yes. at? What are some things, whether it is like your fitness, your nutrition, maybe it's not well-being related at all. What are some things that you enjoy doing that you maybe don't feel like you're good at, but you enjoy doing? So it's worthy of your time to continue spending time doing it. Yeah. What's the, you always say it to me. If there if you knew that you couldn't fail, what would you oh, do? Yep. If, yeah. If you knew, I, and honestly, I got this question when I was at my last job and it was to do what we're doing now. And I was like, if I knew I couldn't fail, I would go start my own business and really do things the way that I feel is right rather than continuously like being a cog in a system and not doing things that I, or doing things that I don't believe in. So, yeah, if there's one thing that you could do that you knew you wouldn't fail at, what would it be? Think about it. Think about it. So those are your three things. Time audit, spend time with yourself, and decide on something that you could do that would bring you joy and it you know that you're not going to fail doing it. Yeah. Or that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably butchered yeah, that. but it's okay. Hey, you got it. You got they it. They got it. <laughs> Thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for yeah. being along for the we journey. Really we really appreciate anyone do. who's here along this journey of growth with us. Mm-hmm. But it is now time for us to go. The beast has arisen. We do. If you are watching on YouTube and Kirsten randomly moving her right arm back and forth, we're That's trying it. to keep a baby asleep. Yep. This is nap time. That's how we do it sometimes. Hey, be nice to yourself. Be nice to others. You matter. You do matter. Have you good- matter. Have a great day. See you next time.